Hi, I'm Nick Lenos. <laughs> I was doodling. <laughs> Do you want to keep this in? I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm Nick Jackson. <laughs> and we're between two Nicks. You know it. Did I mess this up? No, we're good. <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it rolling, dude. This week, uh, as you guys all know, we I we tried something new. I told you on Instagram what we were doing, even though you knew because we mentioned it. On the last Unless episode. you don't actually listen, yeah, to yeah. our podcast. Shame on you. Uh, but we watched and are going to talk about Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Uh, yes, the nineteen seventy six version, not the two thousand and five. But I will inevitably talk about the two thousand and five because I also watched that. Dude, there's no shot that I'm watching that. I literally finished it the minute you opened my door. I know. I heard the music it, playing it and I wandered such, into your room. It's such an awkward final shot. Like the camera raises off of two of the survivors and onto the Detroit skyline and then it just holds there. Like, is it in Detroit? Yeah, they moved so it to So it's Detroit. trying to be like a fucking. Is but it like making not, a statement? No. Not really. Okay, what do you think? It could have. I mean, I guess it's making a statement that Detroit cops are dirty, but to, I mean, that's nothing okay. new. It's, yeah. it's not, uh, they didn't even make that statement very good. It's and just you said so that they over changed the, the bad guys to dirty cops? Yeah, the bad guys now are dirty cops. Oh, that makes weird. no this sense, is so dude. Off the rails already, but. Uh, uh, dude, okay, yeah. here's my question to you. Aside from the fact that it's a remake, you mm. got to take that off the table. Yep. As a movie by itself, no. It's what not. movie do you think is better? Assault on Precinct 13 2005 or War Inc? And you cannot you Assault cannot Assault on Precinct 13. And you cannot really. Yeah. Yeah. That's yikes. Yeah, is a better movie than okay. War Inc. God damn it. I'm so still mad that we yeah. watched that. I hated it so much. It was pretty bad. I apologize, but it, it was great <laughs> to do it. Uh, Dude, I picked some stinkers too. Though. <laughs> like, anytime we watch a movie that one of us has seen but hasn't seen in a long time and it turns out to be ass, it's dude, questionable. It's kind of fun though. Like, I, those I, are some of my low key favorite episodes to do. I get a, like, forever pass, I feel like, because Cause of, of Night of the Living Dead. Because of Night of the Living Dead and then uh, Surf Ninjas. Because of oh, how man. not that that was okay. for us. <laughs> you, you know what? What's my past then? Because I have one. Uh, blob. Hell yeah, blob, dude. Man. Blob, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Blob. Yeah. That movie I mean, clink. slaps, dude. I don't want to. Yeah, As we were going to was... clink, I was like, oh, that might be loud. Yeah, so clink. Yeah. But then like last time you clapped super fucking loud. Oh. <laughs> Guys, I haven't even listened to that episode. I haven't had time, so I apologize if that is definite. <laughs> it's just funny to me at this Tall point. Tall girl thunderclap right whap, here. Whap. I was like, dude, I, I think I said RIP headphone users. And yeah. you're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude. Yeah. I think my hands were like right over the phone, too. I think, well, here's the other thing, dude, is I probably could have edited that out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's on both of us. Yeah. I think definitely. we'll just, we'll just call it even. Yeah. Because I totally could have edited that out. But I also thought it was kind of funny that someone would be listening to our podcast and get the absolute fuck scared out of them. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's And they put their headphone back in and they just hear me go, well, RIP headphone users. Like, that oh, makes me laugh, kind man. of. No, no, because like... <laughs> 
And we know all our listeners are like, what if... <laughs> That's what makes it that funnier. That an accident. I apologize. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. driving the car. Yeah. Hey, you guys, you shouldn't listen to podcasts with headphones <laughs> while driving vehicles. Oh, yeah. No, if, yeah. if that... So I mean, I, I listen to audiobooks while I drive all the time. I do, too, but through my radio. No, mine, mine are on headphones. Dude. <laughs> Over the ear headphones. <laughs> Just Dude. listening to the siege of the castle. Duck. Oh my god! I remember one time uh, when I lived in Oregon, I someone had broken into my car and stole my fucking stereo out of my two thousand five Hyundai, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a shit stereo. Those had great stock options. It wasn't. It wasn't stock. It was like one of the fifty dollar aftermarket ones. Like it was not even good. Oh, see, that's what. And there was a CD stuck in there. Oh, what CD was stuck in there? Um. I think it was Pantera Live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I don't remember, but I don't remember missing but, it. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I will actually, no. You know what it was, Nick? It was a King Diamond CD. That's uh, what it was. Yeah, all right, all right. It was a King Diamond I'm CD. I'm sure that, that never got old. It didn't, dude. <laughs> it didn't. I turn on my car. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. No, that would get so old so I mean, fast. Like, maybe for a month. Like, Dude, the worst, one of my other cars, I, dude, the, the car I have now is the nicest car I've ever owned. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, one you of my other cars. Take better care of it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> one of my other cars, had I had a CD stuck in that one. And it was a German power metal band that sings only in German called Die Apokalypsischen Reiter, which means the Riders of the Apocalypse. And of course like, it does. The one song they had that was in English was called Riders of the Storm. Uh-huh. But it started and it was like, But then in the chorus they'd go, We are riders on the storm. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Uh, my new car has a CD player. Because it has all the buttons for it, but I can't find where you put the CDs in. Dude, I bet it's like the car that I had that was uh, that had the CD stuck in it. Uh, Get this, dude. It had a five-disc changer, and the way you put CDs in was in the glove box. Yep, in the center console. Yeah, the, or yeah, the center console. Yeah. I had one that was in the glove box, too. I've had both those. I've had one in the trunk before. You That's had, wild. Yeah, it was a six-disc in the back of the Nissan. I want to say that was the... Uh oh, the Nissan Sentima, Sen, Sen- Nissan Sentra, Sentra, is that was that the old two door one? Yeah, it was a Sentra. Yeah, what did I say? Sentima, Sentima. You're like the Nissan Human Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just two cars. Uh, well, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, uh, <laughs> which. Of- Actually, should have been titled "Assault on Dis- Pre- Pre- Assault on Precinct 9. or "Assault District on District 13. 13. Uh Division Thirteen. Oh, it's District Thirteen. I don't think so. You're probably right. That's I've only seen simple. this movie once, but <laughs> it might have been. I don't know. I don't write down things all the time, right? Uh, but it's uh, written and directed by. John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Which, if you listen to our last episode, you would know, because that was one of the options I gave Nick off the top of my head. What would be... What's your top five, John, John Carpenter? Carpenter? Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm going to think about this for a second, okay? That's right. And also, take in mind, I'm judging some of these movies on only having watched half of them. And when yeah. I say that, I mean two in particular. Yeah. Okay? So, I think... 
my top five is going to be, um, from what I've seen, Halloween, obviously, is number one. Yeah. Number two is probably um, the thing. No, well, shit. This is tough. I know. <sighs> okay. No, fuck it. Halloween. I enjoy Halloween more. Um, I know it's not a better movie. Yeah. The no, thing this is, is his best this movie. This is your list. This is like what are your My subjective. Favorites? Yeah. My subjective yeah. list. Halloween, The Thing, um, Big Trouble in Little China, um, Escape from New York, and They Live. Yeah. Uh, Escape from New York and They Live, I've only seen half of them. But I just, I already know. Like, I, I'm sold, you know? <laughs> like, I don't even, ten, like, dude, the amount yeah. that I loved Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you haven't I, finished it. I know. It's because I forgot about it for like three days. <laughs> and then I, and then after three days, I'm like, well, I kind of just want to watch the whole thing again. <laughs> but I don't feel like doing that. I feel like my order, my list is almost the exact same as yours, except for one big one, which I think you're going to be kind of surprised am I gonna about. Have, am I going to have to go redo my whole entire list? No, no, not at all. My order is the only thing that I that could change, but uh, the thing is, your number one, I'm sure. <sighs> oh, some days it is, but okay, that's fair. like when I wrote this list, it was. But now, when I want to say it, it's not. I keep what do you want to say? They live. Big trouble in Little China. The thing. Escape from New York. Assault in District on Precinct Thirteen. Okay. That's fair. I don't even do Halloween. And I, I love Halloween. It's not that I don't like Halloween. It's just that these movies, these five movies, I watched a hell of a lot more than Halloween. See, I've I've seen Halloween more than I've seen yeah. any of his other movies. No, I saw... I mean, I, I saw Big Trouble in Little China before I saw Halloween. Like, Big Trouble in China is what made me wa- want to watch every other movie. My first John Carpenter movie was The Thing. Um, I might, yeah, that was my first John Carpenter movie, and I watched it, I think, when I was, like, 16. Dude, I'm so fucking, are we talking about it? So there was something first, though. Or I saw Big Trouble in Little China on Big Chuck Little John, and I bought, because I bought that movie on my 14th birthday. I went to, I had my dad take me to Barnes Borders, Borders of Barnes & Noble, I don't remember which one. And I was allowed to buy one movie, and I bought Big Trouble in Little China. But so, Dude, there, there had to be a catalyst. Pick. There had to be a reason why I picked that one. Because of uh, Kurt Russell, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, had you watched, you'd probably watch Tombstone I before that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd seen Tombstone. I'm sure I definitely it was saw, Kurt Russell. Yeah. You probably looked at the back. I can totally see you because yeah. I, I would do this. I'd be like, oh, I like that guy. I mean. That's John Stamos, but okay. No, oh, the, yeah. Just the tank. Look. The tank yeah. and the, I've got the snake fliskin hair. You definitely yeah, have yeah. the look. Are you going to be snake or are you going to be fucking. Uh, Jack Burton. Yeah. For Halloween. <laughs> or what was the other Kurt Russell character I told you to be? Wasn't there three? Or wasn't there another one? Or was it just snake? You just said Snake Plissken, yeah. yeah. Escape New York, which I got really into, but then really, like, Big Trouble in Little China, like, 
We get everybody to do that. Like that's a fun get. No, no, that's a fun. Here, get here's up. the here's the problem, dude. You could go as nope. the exploding man. Okay, but that <laughs> that idea gets problematic instantaneously. <laughs> Only if you make it problematic. A bunch of white people dressing in ceremonial Asian, like, attire? If this is going as Kim Cattrall in that movie, she's a uh, captive being forced into their... Who's going to play... We don't have to have... uh, What's his name? We don't have to have a Lopan. We don't have to have... David Lopan style. (laughs) Assault Uh, on Precinct 13 is in your top five. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, okay. Assault on Priest, we have not talked about this. We are. Okay, do you want me to tell you my first reaction to this movie, having not seen yeah. it ever? Yeah. Dude, I feel like this... Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe this was the first Siege movie? Oh. It can't have been, right? No, no, no. I mean, like, in but a... his in lines... A, no, no, not at all. In a... Not in a police station, I guess? Uh, no. Not really. I feel like this story... The Alamo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I feel like this story feels so, like, familiar, but I also feel like I've never truly heard this story before, which is kind of how I feel about every yeah. John Carpenter movie I've ever seen. And I think that's what makes him a great director, and mm-hmm. this is, like, a solid entry into his filmography that I think is slept on. I would bet... time. I would bet... $100. I'd bet $20. I would bet $5 right now to anyone in the world that this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite John Carpenter movie. No way. I don't buy that whatsoever. Yep. No way. Yep. No way. I've watched all of them enough. Mr. I've only seen half of some of these great movies. I bet you this is his favorite one. No way. I don't buy it. It's the most shots, the most body count, the most blood. It is... It is the most brutal. It is brutality. It is, dude, this is his favorite movie. And I I can sit down and make you watch four Quentin Tarantino movies and point out more references to this than any other John Carpenter movie. I'm going to guess, though, that his favorite John Carpenter movie, if you asked him, he would say Big Trouble in Little China. That would maybe but, be close second. But, <clears throat> but here's the thing, though. This is too but here's realism the thing, though, in this. Is he isn't confident enough in his... I don't think... I think the reason he made Kill Bill the way he want, he did uh, was because he couldn't make it, like, dead serious. Like, it had to be slightly tongue-in-cheek because he was being... He doesn't... I mean, that's his he style. Doesn't, yeah, but yeah. also, like... That's his voice. I think he thinks that he couldn't actually make a serious movie like that. I don't think he has any... Uh, that's not a movie he wants to make. That's true. You know, like, that's... He so knows would you his say voice. his... Would you say Kill Bill is, like, his big trouble? No, Kill Bill is his... Kill Bill was an attempt at his masterpiece. Like, his opus. What do you think Quentin Tarantino's best movie is? Um... It's probably, I mean, like, okay. His what, best movie is Reservoir Dogs. From start to finish, from what he was spent on it and what you got and what it made, Reservoir Dogs is his best movie. No, no. I'm saying, what like, is, as a film, what uh, do you think is his best movie? Reservoir Dogs? Uh, no. 
I'm very partial to the Kill Bills. I like what they represent as a whole, not just not as two movies as a whole. I like the first one being a is a a, 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 a kung fu epic, and then the se- the second volume is a western serenade. Like it is yeah. the way those two mesh together, and you show that like kung fu movies and that whole cinema was always just what we made westerns like there was always this what they were the connected the connection connectivity of that and uh that's why i love that movie inglorious bastards though there's argument for that that's Uh, mine yeah i mean the last lines like he's he's, he fucking knew it yeah Uh, and it's he's kind of a dickhead about it honestly and he is but and the shit that happened during that like with her with her and him choking her yeah you can't I, I mean, I, dude, Christoph Waltz, Waltz in that movie. Hands down. Hands down. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love when we watch that movie because Alyssa always makes scones afterwards. It's like, I'll, so I'll put it on when I want a scone because I know she'll make them. Yeah, because that movie's fucking eight years long, dude. It's not that long. No, it's two and a half hours. But that is neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> Assault. We're way off On your eardrums. Brand. John Carpenter. Assault on Precinct 13, 1976, you said your five, I said my five. Uh, leading the art direction on this film, we got your favorite, Nick. Tommy Lee Wallace. Happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. For listeners that don't remember, Tommy Lee Wallace directed the ill-fated Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. <laughs> uh, ghost written by John Carpenter. Uh, that didn't want to sign his name to it, so he just had Tommy Lee Wallace yeah. do that. Tommy uh, Wallace also worked on Halloween as you, well. You know who the film editor uh, on this was? I forget. I remember seeing it, but I forgot. John T. Chance. John T. Chance is uh, John Wayne's character's name in Rio Bravo. Uh, John Carpenter was the film I editor. I was going to say, yeah. is that that's that sounds like... And that's that brings me into why I love this movie. This movie... Is a very, I mean, it's Rio Bravo. It's a modern day, hyper realistic, bloody violent, slightly supernatural Rio Bravo. Is it slightly supernatural? I mean, yeah, yeah. Cause, and and because I compare this movie, this is why I love this movie so much. This movie to me is a uh, Howard Hawks western meets uh, George Romero. Like zombies. Okay. Yeah. Like looking at the Ute, the Utes gang. Like they never speak. None of them have any dialogue. When the one dies, the one leader dies at the ice cream. Doesn't killer, make a noise. Doesn't make a noise. He's just like, he's just laying there, and the camera comes in. It's like, it's bad acting, but you see him acting like I don't understand how I'm stopping killing. I need to kill. I need to kill. Like that's all he's looking. Dude, like. he looks and, like a zombie. Oh my! I didn't even realize this. The hordes on the but grass. But the reason the guy can't talk is because he shot one of them. Yeah. Oh my. There's something about that. Dude, like, that's a whole new level I didn't even fucking pick up on, dude. You see why this is all my this is what beats Halloween. Like Yeah in, but in my book. Like, I, yeah. In my book. Yeah. But yeah. I, I understand. I know that Halloween is easily subjectively or objectively Objectively, Halloween is not 
top five compared to the rest of his fucking filmography, but I don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> that, sold, that sold me instantly, dude. Yeah, I mean, I love his soundtracks. I always do. This one's pretty good. Banging, dude. It's, Every uh, single one is a slap, dude. What did he... He based it off of... Uh... Oh, I forget. I didn't write it down. I read it some at some point. But it was... Uh... His inspiration was this and Led Zeppelin's... Uh... Uh, something. Fuck. I should have wrote that down. I guess that was something I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool though. Yeah. Um, starring in this movie, like a lot of early John Carpenter movies, it stars a lot of his uh his his uh regulars, his regulators, as I'll call them. But I mean, there I, I wrote down five names, and all of them have been in other stuff. Uh, Charles Cyphers. Uh, he was in eight Halloween. You might also know him as one of the old guys in Major League. Uh, Nancy yep. Keys, Laura Zimmerman, uh, Darwin Jost, who played Napoleon Wallace, was it? Napoleon w- uh, Wilson. Willis. Wilson. Wilson. Napoleon Wilson. Uh, he's also a David Lynch regular. Yep. Um, and then we got Martin West. He kind of looks like Liv Schreiber. No. Uh, Wait. Who, who's the dude that plays uh, the Sabretooth? Liv Schreiber, Liv, right? Liv Schreiber, yeah. Liv, Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Liv he kind of looks like him. Uh, like I mean, he can be his uncle. He's got like a Walter Mouthow nose, but he's got the face of uh, Jack from Will and Grace with oh, the yeah. hair of. Uh, like <laughs> uh, yeah, he was great in this. I I really like his. Got smoke. Anyone got a smoke? Anytime it's uh, awkward. If you, if you find one, fly my way. Yeah. So he goes... <laughs> and he finally gets one. She puts it in his mouth, and it's just dead. And he's like, got light? Yeah. And then it's dead again. It's just, oh, the humor bits, man. The humor bits are great. Dude, this movie is pretty brutal. The That that smoke gag, though, I want to mention, is from Howard Hawks, like, Western movies. Like, that makes that's sense. That's a big... It, I figured it was gag. some sort of callback to yeah. something. Um, dude, this movie is brutal. <laughs> it is. It was, uh, it got a, oh, before we get to that, uh, three other people I'll mention in this movie, uh, Wells, the other, uh, cellmate in yeah. prison transfer is played by Tony Burton, who everyone in the world will know except for you, Nick, as Duke, Apollo's trainer in the Rocky series. Oh. Uh, and then we got Austin Stokes, who is the, sh- the, the highway patrolman who is in charge of the sheriff's office for some reason. That doesn't make any sense. He gets sense. assigned there on his first night. Yeah, which it doesn't make any sense. No. It's, those are two different whatever. It's because he's a it's cause he's a rookie. And I think, honestly, the subtext... But he's subtext, not a rookie. The so. subtext, I think, is that they put him on it because he's black. Mm. Because he's already on edge when the lady talks to him about his coffee. Well, so I think that's because... Well, we'll get to the coffee bit, but... uh I think the subtext is is that he might have had a history. He he did he was involved in something else where this is supposed to be a, a lesser job or a lesser role. He's not a rookie, I don't think. I bet it's because he was calling people out for being racist. Because he he left that area when That's he was what I'm twenty years up. old, and he's he's basically forty. Because the way he says for the last thirty plus years, black. Uh, yeah, you know, like so he's forty. He's hitting on a lady. He's forty. Yeah, he's or thirty nine, thirty eight. 
Um, so like he, he's definitely not thirty. He's had experiences since that. That's what I think. My backstory for him is that people were racist to him, and he called them out, and they moved him. <laughs> <laughs> that because it's a, it's a good one. I like it. He's a. Uh, from the old school Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then one more I wrote down, Martin West. Martin West is the father of the ice cream girl. Um, he doesn't speak after doesn't uh, speak. <laughs> after he kills the guy. You recognize him? No, but he kind of looks like he would play Bernie Sanders in a movie. Uh, <laughs> he was in Alfred Hitchcock's Family Plot. Uh, oh, which okay. Which is a, a, a 70s Alfred Hitchcock, or uh, not 70s. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lesser-known Hitchcock. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's in my box that I have. Yeah, nice. It's a fun one. But uh, Martin West was also in Mac and Me. Oh, <laughs> my. Dude. Which, if we were doing the old format, I would 100% have picked Mac and Me. Well, do you, I mean, you still can, because I've <laughs> no, never seen it. We, I've got my next pick. Like, okay. And I, yeah. We're we're in the seventies. Do you want to get? Do you want to get to that conversation right now, or do you want to talk about we could, we, the brutality of this movie? A we little could more? talk about the brutality of this. Or movie. did you have something else? No, I named all the people I wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, you know who was uh, sadly absent from this movie? Another John Carpenter regular, uh, Tom Atkins. Jesus. I thought you were going to say uh, Doctor Loomis. Yeah, uh, Don, Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Do you know why that was? Why he wasn't in this movie? Uh, because he probably was doing something else, right? No. Uh, the only reason he worked with John Carpenter uh, was because when this movie came out, his daughter saw it, and both his daughters loved this movie. So then Donald Pleasance tried tracked him down to be in his the next of his work. That's interesting. His daughters I totally could have so seen much. him being um, the... Uh, the dude who was the chief in charge of uh, transporting the prisoners. Yeah. I forget what his name is. The one who looks like a young Walter Matthau. Which could bring us into the taking could. a Pelham 1, 2, 3. It's, I mean, that's, we're going to do that next week. Uh. Yeah. Um, I always, I, dude, I always get this movie and Pelham One Two Three confused. Yeah. Because I'd never until last week I'd never seen either of them. Yeah. And the names to me like meld together somehow because it's like a something and then a number. I mean, I, I should have looked it up before, but they were both remade within very. You said uh, two thousand five and two thousand eight. Um. um two thousand nine. Oh, okay. So four year gap, but but there was a four year gap between when this movie and the and Pelham came out. Yeah, four year. That's five interesting. Year. Yeah. Um, I was so confused by this that when I started this movie, I was like, "Hmm, Walter Matthau's not in the opening credits. Um, maybe it's like a thing that like everyone knows who he is." And then I'm so I'm watching the movie and I'm like, where the fuck's Walter Matthau? <laughs> and then I'm like seeing people that vaguely kind of look like him but younger, and I'm like, is that him? Oh man! And then this I realize I'm like, I don't think he's in this movie. <laughs> so I look it up on on fucking IMDb, and he's like taking a Pelham one two three, and I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot because <laughs> then I realize. 
I had no idea what this what movie, movie was about <laughs> because I also thought that this movie took place on a subway. Yeah. Because I don't know, dude. It's it says precinct in it. <laughs> so this is what think, Nick came over saying today. This whole story right here, and then the next thing he says is, "Have you thought about what movie you want to pick?" Oh no, you didn't even lead with that. I didn't tell you, you what didn't movie. Tell me all I just that. said I had a funny story for you. Yeah, and then I was like, "Have you thought about That's what movie right. you want to pick?" Yeah. And you said. I was kind of thinking about taking a Pelham one, two, three, and I just started fucking dying. And you were like, "What, dude?" And then I explained all that to you. Dick Tracy all over again, dude. <laughs> and that's why I feel like with Pelham one, two, three, I feel like I'm gonna fucking love it. I don't know, dude. So and it's. I mean, I know it has funny. nothing. It's nothing like this movie. I'm sure, but. I mean, it's a like a completely different movie. It's a completely different movie, completely different director, uh, completely different style, but they're they're both movies made in the seventies. They're both thriller esque uh, movies. Uh, there there are there's overlap and like if you were doing a chart of it, like a circle diagram, whatever that's called, a, uh, yeah, yeah, a Venn, or a Venn, Venn diagram. diagram of uh, you know like what the center part where they both meet is that nucleus right there. It's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, the taking of Pelham one two God three. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> okay, the, okay. This is how I'm gonna. And I love this because like this it came so naturally, and I honestly could probably like write a whole like little. I could write more than four pages on this. Like okay, this you is could a, write a thesis a topic. I mean, I'm not gonna say I could write that. That's a lot. I don't but... know what a thesis truly entails. So... I mean, it's like 500 pages. Oh fuck. That, I mean, I'm sure there's smaller theses, but everybody's like, my thesis is bigger than your thesis. And then they're it's just talking like, about their fucking genitalia, dude. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's, no. a, here's a fun idea. Yeah. Um, take both of those movies and try to come up with a double feature that has the same vibe. Because, and I have a movie in mind for Assault and Precinct 13, and I have another movie in mind for Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, but you got to keep in mind I've never seen Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Oh. So, well, I'll tell you my example. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like uh, Assault and Precinct 13, a fucking dank double feature would be Repo Man. Ooh. Uh, uh, With Emilio, Emilio Estevez. Estevez and, uh, yeah. yeah. And um, Harry, Harry Sh- Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good double feature that's, like, the same vibe. Yeah. And then uh, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, uh, previous episode, Dog Day Afternoon. Is it, like, similar to that vibe? No. Okay. No, no. Because that's kind of what I had thought in my mind. No. Uh... So tell me yours, what you think. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, Assault and Precinct 13 and taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. That's <laughs> no, you can't do that. But would you say? But it is the most perfect. It's a t- in my mind. That's a good double feature. But that's um, why we're doing it next week. But okay, uh, then I would say Assault and Precinct Thirteen double feature with. Dude, you know what we should? RoboCop. Both Detroit City. Assault. Both, uh, yeah, that's okay. my double feature. Uh, District uh, or uh, Pelham. Pelham one two three. I would have to say, mm. Maybe 
Brown? Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Okay, yeah, wow. Maybe. There's better ones than that. There, hold on. Uh, Taken Poem 2 3 and Thunderbolt and uh, Lightbolt. Lightfoot. It's a Clint Eastwood. Uh, um, what's his fucking name? Big Lebowski. Uh, Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges movie. It's oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Clint Eastwood's a retired safe cracker who's posing as a minister in the opening scene and then gets shot off the pupil. And he starts on the run and then runs into Jeff Bridges, who's a much younger, um, you know, child of the revolution. Okay. And uh, they that start cool. grifting together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like that double feature. And I wish more okay. people would watch both those movies. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was thinking while you while we were having this conversation. Mm-hmm. How about this new format idea? Think about this. Instead of doing what we're doing, um, I pick a movie and you pick a movie the next week that you could double feature with it or vice versa. I'm cool with it just being... Whatever. Yeah, or I mean, I hate to say it, but like organic. Uh, Yeah. We did not plan Assault and Precinct 13 and taking a poem 1, 2, 3... But it is such a perfect fit. Like, oh, yeah. the way you came over and saying it, I, I almost think we always get to that if we just let it happen. And we already kind of have, like, the... We're going to go see the thing on Sunday for its uh, 40th, 40th anniversary. anniversary. Fuck yeah. And we're recording an episode. So, like, we're going to do this episode. Then we're going to do Pelham. And then we we might release the John Carpenter. Or so I think something will... They're the thing. But something will come up. I don't... But yeah, I'm fine with doing a double feature too. Like we can do that. We should try that sometime. Yeah. At least maybe for Christmas or Halloween. Well, I, I or think something. it just will organically happen. Like. Oh yeah. Because I mean, I totally would have done it with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Dude, so um, we mentioned it a couple times. I feel like I should get back to it before we take the, a break. the movie we're talking about. Yes. Which we haven't really. Dude. <laughs> So many people fucking die in this movie. I think the body counts 60 uh, with no idea of how many were wounded. Dude, it's insane. There's like, over 140 people. Like, I tried to count, like, the few shots they well, did. Well, yeah, because also you think that the gang isn't that big. You're like, okay, it's like eight people. It's and four then, guys. And then there's one scene where there's, like, a fucking hundred people. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my. And then the... Dude, there at one point there's like probably what forty people in the prison. Or, oh yeah, like or no, there's what like twenty people in that there's prison. There's twenty in the final scene, in the final siege, the final push. There's twenty in the hallway down there at least. No, 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 no. I'm saying like the good on the good side. How many people oh. do you think the good side has? Uh, at, at at its highest point, I would say like twenty. Right? There's a shit ton of no, people in there. No, not twenty. Like ten, because they kill four off the rip. Four or five off the rip. Yeah, that dude, that's you know, insane. Six, like seven, to me. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve, I think, is their max number. Okay. Fifteen, but, maybe if I'm forgetting some, but yeah. Okay. I well, I, I mean, even then 12. fifteen people, twelve yeah. people, fifteen. I mean, but right oh no, it is uh thirteen because the one right off the bat that goes out to Yeah. Oh, Jerry fell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's there's a bunch of other women in there too that get murdered. Just one, just one. 
The secretary. Julie. There's the secretary. Jerry. And then Jenny. Was it? I think it's Julie. Jesse. Jesse. Who the fuck knows, dude? It's Um, Laura Zimmerman, whoever it is. Well, and and then then one chick lives, doesn't she? The secretary. No, the secretary gets murdered. No, I don't know what she was. I don't either. I, just a friend. I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's like we didn't receptionist. Because she was manning the phone. She's a receptionist. And then, well, well, the other one was an officer who got killed. Then, right? No, she was the secretary. That's the one that gets shot in the arm, but like makes yeah, it to the that's end. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the and then they're like, "We got a stretcher for you," and she just like walks away. Fucking awesome, dude. She's pretty awesome. What's your favorite line? Uh, uh, black? For over 30 years. <laughs> no. No, it's not my and What does line. she say? Doesn't she say something and she's like... He's just, she looks at him she weird. She gives him a look like, really? And he's just like, sorry. Uh, Sugar? Two sugars. Oh, yeah. That's what he does say. Sorry. Two sugars. Uh, but then he tells a story about the first time he was in that police station because uh, the sheriff or the highway patrolman that's there, um, Austin Stokes, he grew up four blocks away from there. And he says that his father sent him there as a small boy with a note to the sheriff uh, to tell him to punish him for using rude language in front of his mother. Yes. That and... exact same story is a true story, but not for John Carpenter. <clears throat> Do you have any idea who that's a true story to? Uh, no. Alfred Hitchcock. Interesting. Yeah, there's a famous uh, uh, it's a biography uh, by a, uh, I can't say the guy's name, so I'm not even going to attempt, uh, called Hitchcock. And uh, he tells Alfred had told that story to him. Uh, just like that nod. Interesting. Yeah, John Carpenter. Are you talking about Louis Thoreau? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. I figured it was a, the hard. I was trying to like, what's the documentary filmmaker with the hardest to pronounce name? It's got to be Louis Thoreau. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Maybe. No, no. I thought it was a book. Maybe it was a book. I don't know. Mm. Um, Ye- but that's it. Yeah. Uh, I like that line. Uh, my favorite line. <laughs> well, saying no one said anything about a chulo. <laughs> yeah. No one said anything about a cholo. <laughs> Uh, my favorite line is is when he's looking at at the other two women. He's like, "It's a siege! It's a goddamn, goddamn siege!" <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Yeah, that's a pretty great line. It's dumb, <laughs> but it just was like. I mean, yeah, but it's part of that that humor track that's in the back. Like, there's a lot of really stupid good humor that I, I just love, love it. it. Yeah, you know the funniest part in the movie for me. When the little girl gets shot. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's not the funniest part. I do... So that's... Yeah. I do think it's kind of funny that that dude's dying words were, there's a gun underneath the fucking... He's an ice cream man with a gun gun underneath his fucking dash. Like... It's like... No wonder California has stringent gun laws now. Well, and then it's like totally fine that these like eight people got killed by the police and stole a bunch of fucking assault weapons i mean well brother you want to take a pause yeah all right
We shall return after word from our sponsor, Anchor. Hi. We're back. <laughs> um, and we're talking about Assault and Precinct 13. Uh, we talked a bunch about it already. We haven't even really just given a synopsis of what it is, though. Yeah, what, like, yeah, what the movie's about. This movie, um, the original title John Carpenter called it was The Anderson Alamo. It is very much an Alamo-esque, uh, Rio Bravo type uh, movie, modern day. Um, there's a youth gang, a youth's gang that is terrorizing the city of Los Angeles. Um, you hear about it in the opening credits. There's a massacre of the gang by cops. Um, you see it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird starting there... point because it starts it off like you think it's going to be something like political almost you know like the cops are brutality but it's not it's about the brutality of this gang and this gang they make it a point to say how the gang is unusual because it's of all different uh races and creeds like yeah there's like anyone could be in the gang yeah um it's and there's a weird supernatural quality to the gang maybe not supernatural but definitely uh voodoo-ish uh there's something going on that the movie doesn't talk about at all that leaves it kind of mysterious and it makes you feel like something's happening yeah uh but they chase uh they 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 kill a guy's daughter at an ice cream truck which is the most controversial scene in the movie um and that guy runs and escapes to uh they also kill the ice cream man yeah which I just saw them punch him. I guess, I guess he stabbed no, he him with a knife. No, he shoots him in the back. Oh, yeah. I miss when he's laying oh, on the ground. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, but that all happens to set up that that guy then goes traumatized to the uh, precinct uh, nine. So he, they shoot his daughter. He uh, he finds her corpse, and then he fucking sees the ice cream man, and the, the guy's like, there's a gun under the dash. He grabs the gun. He chases down the gang and kills the dude that killed uh, her daughter, and then... Yeah, the one gang leader of the four or five, and runs and escapes in the precinct. And, and this, all that... So that is one part of the story. The other part of the story is that there is a precinct that is basically closing down, and yep. they've put this guy in charge of it for the night, basically, until the power goes out. It gets a sense, like, uh, I only know this from watching cop shows, like, there's roaming uh, police pl- people, like... At any time on, like, they're on call, they can be called to go and be, like, the head lieutenant at a place. And it's, like, a roaming hours type thing. Like, a filler. Yeah. Just to... Like a filler. Fill. Yeah. Uh, so, it's kind of, like, the sense is that's what he's doing. Um, he's, yeah, he's assigned to do this. Basically, he's the only one there. Yeah. And then... With a secretary, a receptionist, and that's it. Yeah. No, at one point, they all leave. Or they're about to leave, aren't they? Because it's supposed to just be him. Well, he's the only police officer. Oh, yeah. okay. So Until it's, yeah the, yeah, the two secretaries and him. Yep. And, um, and then a, uh, well, and another cop, but not a very good cop. Uh, the one that yeah. gets shot right away. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're there. And then a prison transport with a notorious bad criminal and then just... It's, he's criminals. a serial killer, right? They don't really say. Um, they just say, why'd you kill those men? He's a mass murderer, we're going to assume. But he's 
you he's get some the sense, sort of murderer. He's a murderer. He's a bad man. But you get the sense that he lives by a code, and uh, and he even says it at one point. You know, like one of the people, the secretary asks him, "Why didn't you leave? You had the chance to leave." And you know, he's like, "I live my life by two things. You don't uh, you don't leave somebody that can't defend themselves to defend themselves, and then he doesn't say the other one. But the other one is you don't leave a woman to." like fend for herself like it was something chivalrous like that because of the game he's spitting at that secretary the whole movie yeah um, but yeah he's a very typical like western bad man he's kind of you know? like jack burton really uh, no or he's more burton. like snake he's more like snake he's more like uh harmonica charles bronson in uh the good the bad in the or once upon a time in the west yeah, you know, he is. with the he's super like yeah, he's one hundred percent that. You know, like harmonica would play harmonica when he was should talk, and this dude is quiet when he should talk, and asks for smokes when he should be quiet. And know? he, uh, he has these like lines that he delivers. I feel like harmonica does that too. He's got but he has ones. the but this dude definitely has some of those lines where they're like, yeah. "Why is your name? Who decided to name you Napoleon?" And then he goes, "I'll tell you sometime." <laughs> Then they're about to die. He's like, I'll tell you sometime. Like, when? Maybe in a second. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so the first goofy. time he's asked, it's like, uh, when they flick the switch or something, or when mm-hmm. they put the needle in my arm, whatever he fucking says. Mm. Um, he's great in it. Um, the gang falls upon the precinct and the sheriff. So they, um, <clears throat> this prison transport, one of the guys on the bus is like super sick with some sort of illness that yeah. no one knows. Yeah, it's just sick. I feel like that has to do with the gang somehow. Uh, I don't think so. It's unrelated. If it was a, a, the remake or a movie made anywhere after 1989, it would have been he was a part of, like, or he was trying to smuggle something in and for the gang. But it, it was unrelated because that wasn't the reason. They weren't there for Napoleon, you know? They were there purely for the guy who killed their gang leader. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, and that that's why they throw down the cholo. It doesn't even, they don't care. It's just revenge for their... It is interesting that after he kills the gang leader, he doesn't speak either. Yeah. Um, Bad but, voodoo. Yeah. But so the dude's sick and this transport is like, we got to go to the nearest place to call a doctor. Yep. The nearest place happens to be the precinct that's closing down that... The dude is supposed to reroute everyone to another one, and he just tells them it's fine. Well, he puts up a little bit of a fuss, but it's it's like 10 blocks, and he's like, oh, we just can't do it, man. Like, what if he's contagious? We got to get him. And he Yeah, we're already it. here. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, he wanted an easy night, but... All he ran into was nothing but it. trouble. God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we did nothing but trouble. Uh, but yeah, that's basically the plot, and then yeah. the gang descends upon the. It's a siege movie. After yeah. that, it's a great fucking siege movie. It is very reminiscent of the Alamo, um, except it's automatic gunfire, and they all have silencers, and it's uh, it's another great. It's awesome. se- what, dude? What are your some of your favorite siege type of movies? Um, because would you? Okay, no, I guess that's not. But... I mean, Lord of the Rings, Lord, yeah, the Two Towers. Okay. Helm's Deep, that's like one of the greatest sieges of all time. Uh, it's amazing. Um, this is up there. This is a fun one. The Alamo. Um, I really like VFW. VFW? That was yeah. a fun siege movie. I love that. Yeah. Also, Feast. 
Yeah, Feast is a... It's yeah. a fun one. I could see that. I mean, yeah, technically, like, any zombie movie is a siege movie to an extent. Uh, I feel like it's... Dawn well, of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead's 100% Dead. a siege movie. Yeah. I feel like if the movie is centered around zombies attacking them, staying in a central location... It's a zombie movie. But not all of them are take place in a central location. Mm-hmm. Like, That's true. Night of the Living Dead is definitely kind of a siege movie. Yeah. They armor up a house. Or yeah. short, you know. Yeah. But, like, Land of the Dead, not a siege. Yeah. You know, I never... I saw that in theaters, and I never rewatched it. I rewatched it, like, five years after the theaters. And I don't remember liking it as much as I liked it in the theater. Yeah, I didn't really care for it in the theater. But Dennis Hopper, dude. I know. John Leguizamo. No, dude. Who was also in the remake of Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah? You want to yeah. talk about that? Uh, it's not Who good. else is in it? Ethan Hawke. Young Ethan. Uh, this is 2005 Ethan Hawke, so four years after training day. And he's the the he's, dude who goes He's behind. the sheriff. He's the sheriff. But, like, they give him a whole backstory in this. The opening scene is uh, eight months ago, him as an undercover cop. And that scene is so... It's like him being Denzel, like, undercover, like, level, like, over-the-top training day Oh, my shit. God. Like, okay. tweaker-esque. And uh, he's, he's like, uh, he's talking shit to this guy. He's get, trying to get to buy drugs. And the guy calls him Napoleon. Like, all right, Napoleon, let's see the money. Uh, but there's no Napoleon-type character, No, is there? I think that was, like, his undercover name or something. It's just slipped in there. It's not mentioned again. He keeps asking, like, in his tweaker voice, like, gotta smoke, gotta smoke. Like, so how much, it, how much, like... That's it. That's it. That's, that's the, the only thing that they kept. Like, they just put it in there. Like, that's the only proof that they saw the original were those two lines. So it's, like, almost a completely different movie? Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne plays the Napoleon character who's being shipped... But he's like a Detroit big uh, gangster, like the biggest gangster. Dude, in you know Detroit. what's weird? When I went to watch this movie on Showtime, mm-hmm. I clicked the uh, thumbnail, and the preview picture had Lawrence Fishburne on it, but it said 1976. Yeah, sometimes they fuck that up. Isn't that wild though? Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, they arrest him in a weird, he's in church. When Lawrence Fishburne is introduced in this movie, he's free and in church. And then a cop comes and sits next to him and starts telling him how he wants more money and blah, blah, blah. But you don't know it's a cop right away. And then he tries to take him at gunpoint and Lawrence Fishburne kills him with his pen that he's using to do his crossword puzzle in church. Uh, and yeah, that's stupid. Uh, and then if Gabriel Bryan enters the picture, he's the head cop, the head of the uh special crimes unit or whatever, like uh, what's that called? Um, like the SVU? No, uh, for gangsters and mafia. Oh uh, yeah, like yeah. the yeah racketeering squad or whatever. The fucking organized crime. Yeah, organized crime. Uh, and it's very obvious from the get that he's a the partner of Lawrence Fishburne. And so now he takes his whole crew of like 40 military grade Detroit cops and SWAT esque with the snipers and heat vision and night vision and full auto silence weapons to this precinct to, and they 
they orchestrate it. They orchestrate getting Lawrence that's Fishburne stupid. to a precinct that's closing. And it's still closing, but it's closing on New Year's Eve, and it's the last day they are open. They're closed the next that's day. That's so stupid. And it's Ethan Hawke is a drunk, dr- pain-killing, uh, pain popping, pain-pill-popping survivor of the bad incident that happened in his undercover, where his, both his friends got killed. It's terrible. Like, they tried to give it so much more... Why? Because of the this original is not like I don't feel like it's talked about nearly as enough. No, it's slept on. It's it's a pretty powerful hour and thirty seven minutes. Like yeah, I was not. I was definitely. I didn't think I even paused this movie. Nice. I'm glad you did. I thought you would like it. I was fairly certain you would. I mean, I knew I would like it because it's fucking John Carpenter. I and you thought I was taking your poem one two three. Yeah. I was confused for about 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, but the remake is the same as every other movie then. It, it becomes... Yeah. it's they, they took an original idea, an original premise, and remade it into what everything else is in 2005. And I just don't see the point. Like, this, this could have been remade in a clever way... Changing everything. Could've. Dude, there's also a lot of horror movies that are similar to this. Like, um, have you ever seen the movie Last Shift? Hmm. It's Dece. Yeah. It's, but it's almost kind of the same idea as this movie. It's in the diner where the the people stop No, in. the Last Shift is it takes place in a, in a, a police precinct. Oh. And... Um, it's the last night of the police precinct, and it's the chick from The Walking Dead uh, who plays the trash lady in oh, The Walking yeah. Dead. Oh, she's the the person who's like has to watch it over. Yeah. Well, they have someone in the, one of the cells that's like possessed by a demon. Uh yeah, I watched this, dude. That's kind of a good movie, yeah. and it reminds like it's also I've... like Mar- Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> There's also a, a, a Val Kilmer movie. Uh, an older Val Kilmer movie, like where he's older and he, um, it's like the same idea as like, he gets arrested and he's put in this precinct and he's like a weird dude who like can see the future or something. And it's not good. And it's older Val Kilmer when he got as, I think this movie was like early 2010s. Okay. Val Kilmer. Um, I can't think of that. It was a straight to Redbox movie, and it was fucking horrible. I mean, I'm sure I watched it. Yeah, I forget what it's called. It's bad, <laughs> but so, it also takes place in a police precinct. Masterminds? No, or not Masterminds. Uh, Mindhunter. The FBI, the Quantico one. No, 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 no. This is it's like a horror movie. Like he, oh. he's like, he has long hair and a fucking yeah. trench coat, and oh. he's like. And he like doesn't the watcher. Talk. Yes, or the, that's what it is. Yeah, it's something like yeah. that. Yeah, I know uh, Val's uh, discography uh, or filmography quite well. Uh, <laughs> Better than you should. Required etiquette. I can't even speak right now. Required etiquette in my house to watch Val Kilmer movies. Yes, I love Val I mean, Kilmer. How about that Top Gun? Have you seen it yet? No. I heard it's actually really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will go see it. I want it, I want to see it on the big screen too. But uh, yeah. I'm also like I went and saw Bob's Burgers before I saw that. Oh, so. you saw Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, I laughed the entire movie. Oh, that's yeah. so good to Some hear. Some of the dude. songs weren't good. Oh, they uh, had songs. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
<laughs> Some of the songs were really good. Uh, was there cussing in it? I mean, like, in a normal episode, I guess. They don't say fuck, though. No. No, it's still Bob's Burgers. Okay. It's still a cartoon for children. Is but, it for kids? I mean... Do you know the original idea behind Bob's Burgers? No. What the original first episode was supposed to be? No. It was supposed to be that they actually were cannibals. Oh, yeah, you've told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they actually killed people and, like, used the meat to make their burgers. I'm into that. Yeah, and it was originally pitched that way to Adult Swim, who said it was too dark of an idea, so they turned it down. Would have been amazing. I agree. It would have been amazing. But... I'm pretty sure I'm, that's what the first episode is, too. It's, it's a it's joke like about, like, them, human meat. Yeah. yeah, but it was supposed to be revealed that it was actually real. Uh, I'm really excited. Maybe in Bob's Burgers 3, the, the movie, you find out that it has been human meat the entire oh time. That'd be so good. Oh, um, man. Um, yeah, it, the remake just doesn't... It, it, it changed everything. I hate when was, remakes do you know, that. Unique and good about the original. Um, one of the changes that I thought worked for it was placing it in Detroit. Like, that could have been a strong change. Because this one's in Chicago, isn't it? No, uh, L.A. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's in fucking John Carpenter. Of course it's in California. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the Detroit, like, John Carpenter would have done that, could have done that, and it would have been... But it's a different movie in Detroit in 1970s. I mean, in 2005. It's certainly a different movie. Oh, yeah. Like... Um, well, 1976 LA yeah, I, that's is 2005. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked uh, up. I've never been to Detroit. I don't know. I'm just uh, making jokes. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Detroit's a place. Uh, <laughs> it's but they, one of the they top didn't embrace places. it right. They didn't do it right. I don't think uh, the gang in Assault and Precinct 13 does not say one thing. I don't think yeah. any of them. No, have they have zero dialogue. dialogue. The remake, uh, it's like every 10 minutes we're cut back to Gabriel Bryan monologuing. You know, it's just like it literally did everything different. Um, Ethan Hawke, I hate the way he holds a gun. It's like he's never actually fired or used a gun, except he's seen maybe Die Hard like once. and then Which is like, wild to me because he's in Training Day and he's fine in that. I don't know. Was he? Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Training Day. I mean, I haven't seen Training Day in years. I might, I might, but I also remember Eva Mendez, you see her topless in that movie. I do remember that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Not, I even rewatched it, like, the very start of COVID. That was the one I rewatched, and I was not impressed. Yeah, I don't remember it, honestly. Um, I feel like I would I not like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just never was my movie I wanted to watch. So, I know this is taken away. Wait, do we have more to talk about? Um, well, that we took a sidebar there and did a, some talk on the remake. Uh, I will mention the youth gang. They are not youths. No, they're like 30. <laughs> they're 30s. Uh, their hideout, uh, like in the very beginning where they're making the Cholo Blood Bowl, uh, that is the hideout in They Live. Oh, that's like, cool. I don't. I didn't read that, but that is that room. Oh, okay. Like it is. Yeah. A hundred percent that room to me. Like you see the hole in the wall where they hide the sun, the glasses, and they live in. Oh this yeah. Movie. Um. <laughs> one of my favorite lines. You think you're real fancy? 
I have my moments. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I have my moments. That's Napoleon's responses. I have my moments. How could you m- remake this movie and not have a Napoleon type character? I... Or even have a character named Napoleon who's like a Hannibal Lecter type? I mean, they gave it to Lawrence Fishburne and he he has moments of it, but not he's just He's either trying too hard or not trying hard enough, and it's hard to tell the difference. So he's Nick Cage in The Wicker Man, or is it that bad? It's no, not no, he's not that bad. But like the the reading or the playing the crossword puzzle, like he's always got a newspaper with a pen. You're in a That's, prison cell. Well, you would not have a pen on you. To, you yeah. just stabbed a man, a cop in the neck with a pen and killed him, and yet you still have a newspaper and pen. That's got to be a nod to the fucking ice cream man playing the crossword puzzle. I mean... But that's stupid. That doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. That's just fucking stupid. An ice cream man sitting on the side of the street in a car with a loaded revolver... Do they show makes... a child get shot to death and then remake? No. That's no. idiotic, dude. I'm not watching that. No. Uh, the uh, We mentioned the ice cream scene. Did I mention it on air What that, that, that was uh, gave this movie an X rating? I think so. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think no. you did. I think you told me that. The MPAA said that uh, he had to cut the ice cream. We call it the ice cream scene because that's what it was referred She's to She's getting as. an ice cream and then she she doesn't get her vanilla swirl. Just swirl yeah, it's just plain it's just vanilla. Just plain vanilla. And, that, and then she walks back over. She goes, this is just plain vanilla. And the dude fucking blows her away, dude. Just shoots her. Uh, the MPAA said that scene had to be cut or else it was getting an X rating. So John Carpenter said he cut it and then released it anyways the way it was. <laughs> they, did, they didn't awesome, check dude. it, uh, which was a very typical thing of uh, independent, low-budget films back in the day. Um, dude, imagine making that in 1976. What the fuck is the potato game? Yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Wells and Napoleon are, at the end of the movie, they have to decide who's going to crawl through the sewer and come out and try to hotwire the car and get away and call the cops. Uh, and the Wells, uh, the Napoleon, uh, the Duke, the Apollo trainer, Tony Burton, uh, says, well, we can't flip a coin. My luck's so bad. I always lose a coin toss. Let's do something else. And they both look at each other and they're like, potato. And then they start going one pig, two pig, three pig, four, five and pig, six pig. And they're pounding their fists. Yeah. And like. It's almost like a patty cake type looking game. I don't understand. I don't get it. it. And I don't get how someone could win or lose that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a boomer thing? I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Write us if you know what that it means. It's called potato. And then they count one pig, two pig. Dude, imagine if they played that on Squid Game. <laughs> Season two uh, is getting teased right now. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my! I think they were released pictures or something of it. Hell yeah, dude! Um, do you know what the British film distributor of this film was? No. The British film distributor's name was that did this movie. No. And developed a close relationship with John Carpenter. What's his name? Michael Myers. Hell yeah! That's awesome, dude. Is that for real? Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Is that why he named him Michael Myers? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, it was as though they became friendly, I guess. That's awesome. Or he hated him. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, this movie did very well in England. This was a Oh, huge, really? A huge I could see that. Yeah. Uh, they said it was, or people have said it's because they English people were able to see that it what, what it was and that it was a modern, like, super realistic uh, 
uh, siege. Western siege yeah. movie. And we were too, like... Hung up on gore and stuff. Hung I mean, up on westerns to see it for what it was. That it yeah. was Just because it wasn't a western. Didn't, like it wasn't set then. Yeah. But it was a western. Uh, I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. And they're just smarter. Uh. <laughs> yep. So, um, rate, what would I rate this movie? What would I, would I recommend it? Um, I would give this movie a, let's see here. It's, fuck. Hmm. It's an eight, dude. That's what I'm saying. I'm sticking by it. It's an eight, dude. It's really fucking good. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, partly because I thought it was taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. But the other part of it is, like, I didn't know it was a Siege movie. Yeah. Like, and I love Siege movies. (laughs) And, like, I don't know, dude. I just had fun with it. It was so bloody. And, like, some of the, like, subtleties in it are amazing. Some great squib work. Oh, Uh, yeah. The first volley of uh, shots into the precinct is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dude, it's so many people just are getting mowed. Two minutes of constant firing on the building and the amount of glass panes you see shattering. Oh, yeah. And then the final shot, like, the va- volley, like, starts to slow down. And then it finally, like, does the whole, like, pap, 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 pap. <laughs> pep and those final two shots that are like by themselves the one hits a pile of newspapers and it goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the very final one is a little bit further back does the same thing on a small smaller pile of I, favorite part <laughs> i love the scene the just the subtleties that make john carpenter such a genius like yeah. how um the dude who's handcuffed to Napoleon gets shot. Napoleon turns around, grabs his handcuff keys out, and, and like, pockets them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the sheriff is just, like, holds his hand out. And he's like, what? And then he's like, come on, bro. And he just hands over the keys. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, to try. I it's love like, it. It's like stealing it's the like deal with Euchre. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> I love that type of stuff. Uh, I agree. This movie's an eight. Uh, I wrote it down. It's... Uh, the only thing, the only reason it's not a nine in my, is some of the acting. Uh, yeah. It's just well, bad acting. I also think it, if it, to be a 10, I feel like it would, uh, to make this movie a 10 for me, play up more of the supernatural stuff. Yes. Yeah. Like give us a little more in that. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think if John Carpenter would have made this movie in the eighties, it would have been. Oh ten. yeah. Yeah. But you couldn't, he couldn't then. Yet. No. You know, like, yeah. Uh, he just couldn't. Yeah. And he was new. Yeah. I mean, he made Dark Star, what, two years before this? Uh, Three years before this? Yeah, a little bit further. Is this his first movie? The 76? No. No. I didn't look it up. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, Dark I mean, Star Dark was Star. 73 or 4. Yeah. I don't count Dark Star as a movie. <laughs> I mean, there was one even before Dark Star. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And huh. then... Uh, but that's even, like, not a movie. But. <laughs> it's a student film. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, sorry. Uh, yeah, this, for eight, uh, get a little bit better uh, actors for in a few of the roles. And it's, I like the sheriff. I even like the uh, the secretary. I think, you know, she comes. Yeah. I like it. Uh, you, you it works. Know, you know what I will say about this movie, though? Um, 
<clears throat> and it's about the, the, the two women roles. They, the, for me, the reason I feel like I'm getting them confused is because they look super similar to me. I mean, they didn't at all. What? Uh, weren't they just both like short black haired chicks? No. The one's blonde and the one's brown, I think. Huh. Or if like reddish almost. The chick who gets shot in the arm has like black or brown hair. She's like red, like strawberry brown or whatever that's called. Oh, I guess I don't look at people's faces or faces hair or hair or anything. Just like this is a woman. She doesn't matter, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> She's obviously not integral to the storyline. Uh, I mean, it's the 70s, so she was. So I'm not no, wrong. She, no. she was. She has no, like I know. a huge I was just, part. She saves I'm her ass. I'm joking. Like I'm Three kidding. times. And she has some of the best lines in the movie. Uh, <laughs> when Wells is going to run away. And she, like, goes into this whole thing, like, how he's a coward. Like, it's this great monologue, and he's holding a gun on her. And then she finally, like, lifts the gun up and looks at it, and she's like, I said all that, and his gun isn't even loaded. And then... Oh, yeah. And then he, the guy starts cousin like, damn, silencers, I've been firing nothing out in the air the whole time. And if you go back and watch the when they're firing back on the gang, uh, you know... The other two are reloading the whole time, and then he's got a revolver. You never once see him reload, so he yeah. never was like, <laughs> you dumb dumb, man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I love that they, like, mentioned that, you know? Yeah, like it, that's great. Instead of just giving it the spaghetti western, you know, like, not reloading and just infinite bullets, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, like for that. sure. Mm. So, but yeah, and to make it a 10, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, an explosion. <laughs> it, it, it. <laughs> like kidding. at the end of the burps, no, I, they find the fucking gas line. <laughs> no, I agree with what you said. I, I would like a little bit more expansion on the Cholo. Uh, maybe like not have just made up that or tie it into something else. You know, like he's got so many Lovecraft things. Like, Yeah, dude, there could be like, dude, it could have easily been like a cult. I, yeah. Wait. Could have been does that mean the, the does that void. mean the void is a siege movie? Yeah, I was it just is. gonna say you could have. This could have been the void. Uh, honestly, the void is probably a s- soft remake uh, of this. You know, like I feel like I feel like uh, the, God, the, the people void who is made so fucking good. I want to rewatch that. That's my double feature: Assault and Precinct Thirteen and The Void. The Void is like a mix of the Thing and Assault and Precinct Thirteen. Yes. Yes. That's a really good one. I just want to watch The Void now. So good. So good. <laughs> um, but, Solid eight. But next Solid week... Uh, next week, we're going to do... I think it's 1971. Uh, I believe it's Sam Peckinpah uh, is taking a Pelham 123. This is not the 2008 remake with uh, John Travolta and Denzel Washington. Uh, I will rewatch that one as well, even though <laughs> I have watched both these movies within the last two years. Um, well, but, but I'm a really big fan of this movie. It's, uh, you sure you want to do that? Or do you want to pivot to the void? Since we are going to see the thing. I'm just trying to tempt you into not picking Pelham. I already picked it. I know it's done. All right. It feeds into my, uh, but what I said, it does kind of work too, though. No, it does. And I mean, I think the void will be 
next after that. Uh, oh, for dude, sure. hell yeah. I'll pick The Void uh, next. Taking a Pelham 123, guys, the 1974 version is streaming on Tubi and Pluto TV. Uh, otherwise, it's three ninety nine to rent everywhere. Uh, you deal with them ads. Yeah. It'll be worth it. Deal with the ads or fucking buy this movie because it's awesome. And I that's why I'm not budging on it because I really I enjoy it when we talk about Tarantino. And I want you to see this movie and to really get a sense of what I mean when I say, like, I think these are two of his favorite okay. movies. Um, I'm not saying those things based on, like, things I've read about Tarantino either. Like No, just your just opinion from of from his work. Watching his movies. Yeah. Like, it, Especially this one and that one combined is such well, a... Well, like what we said about um, uh, The Void yeah. just now. It's the same yep. type of thing. Yep. Dude, I'll never forget, my dude. Nothing But Trouble. Fucking called it. What'd you call Nothing But Trouble? Remember that I said if this movie feels like a mix of Beetlejuice and Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Dude, I'm still riding on that high. Oh, you're one high. I'm still riding. I'm still riding. I'm looking off into the distance. I pulled Taking Pella 123 out of the ether. Dude, I'm looking off into the sunset and I'm looking and we're on surfboards and you and I are looking at each other and we're doing the hang loose sign and we both look each other right in the eye and you know what we say to each other? Kwanzu, dudes!